Hello out there, college football fans, and welcome to the SEC Yesterday and Today, Episode 17. I am your host, Bird LaCroix. We are happy to have you with us at this one-quarter, one-fourth of the waypoint through the SEC season for the college football season in 2018. And we're going to do something a little different on our program today. We are going to talk about yesterday in the SEC, 25 years ago, 1993, what happened in the conference that year. And we're going to make predictions and talk a little bit about where each team in the conference is at this point. But we won't have a special guest. You're stuck with me today. So, hey, let's get right down to it. 25 years ago in the Southeastern Conference, the conference champions that year were the University of Florida Gators. They defeated the University of Alabama in the SEC championship game. Florida with an 11-2 record overall and a conference record of 7-1. The University of Alabama with a 9-3-1 record overall. They were 5-2-1 in the conference. A bit of an anomaly that year. The Auburn Tigers were actually the champions on the field. They were 11-0 under First-year head coach Terry Bowden, they were 8-0 in the conference, and they were champions, but they did not get to play in the SEC championship game due to the fact that they were on probation. And uh, as a matter of fact, that was the last time that the Tigers have been on probation for anything major and missed any bowl games or incurred any major infractions, much to the contrary, much to the contrary of public opinion which might tell you different, but that's not the case. Now, let's get right down uh, to college football once again. On the podcast today, there were four teams that played in bowl games from the conference in the SEC in 1993. They were the University of Tennessee. They were defeated by Penn State in the Citrus Bowl, 31-13. to The University of Florida defeated the West Virginia Mountaineers, 41-7 to in the Sugar Bowl. The University of Alabama defeated the North Carolina Tar Heels 24-10 in the Gator Bowl, and the Kentucky Wildcats were beaten by the Clemson Tigers 14-13 in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta following the 1993 season. The SEC Player of the Year in 93, Heath Schuler, the quarterback for the University of Tennessee and the SEC Head Coach of the Year, once again first-year head coach at Auburn University, Terry Bowden. Eric Zier led the conference in pass completions in 1993 with 269. He also led the conference in passing yardage with 3,525 yards through the air. Rushing that year, Eric Rett, another Eric, but it's Eric. Eric Rett of Florida rushed for 1,289 yards in 93. James Bostick of Auburn led the conference in touchdowns rushing with 12. Receptions, Bryce Hunter of Georgia caught 76 passes, most of them from Eric Zier. He led the conference. Receiving yards, David the Deuce Palmer had exactly 1,000 yards receiving for the University of Alabama. Receiving touchdowns, both Corey Fleming of Tennessee and Jack Jackson of Florida caught 11 touchdown passes. Total touchdowns, the total touchdown leader in the conference, either on land or through the air, James Bostick of Auburn with 13. Total yards, Eric Sire led the conference also in total yardage with 3,482 total yards. 
Field goal attempts, Michael Proctor of Alabama at 29 field goals made. Michael Proctor of Alabama made 22 of those kicks. And now we're going to get into this year. That'll complete our portion of the program devoted to yesterday, to the year 1993 in the Southeastern Conference. Let's talk about today and what we've got here at the one-quarter, the one-fourth of the way through the season point in college football. Uh, let's start with the University of Alabama. I think that's one of the, not necessarily a surprise story, but the total dominance, the sheer, the sheer overwhelming power of the University of Alabama, the way in which they're winning, the scores by which they are winning has been something to behold. They're 3-0, and of course, and they have destroyed Louisville, Arkansas, and Ole Miss up to date. Ole Miss did jump out to a 7-0 lead last week in Oxford on a 75-yard touchdown on their first play from scrimmage, but then the University of Alabama scored 62 unanswered points. And speaking of Ole Miss, that offense has been everything we have expected from the Rebs, scoring over 70 points against Southern Illinois a couple of weeks ago in Oxford. But the defense, as many of us figured, uh, has not been good at all, and they've given up points by the dozen. But they do have a one and two, uh, excuse me, a two and one record, and they could surprise some people before the end of the year. But they're going to have to play defense. Now, on the other end of the chain, Alabama being so impressively dominant at the very other end of the spectrum, uh, spectrum, I'd call them the bottom of the conference, the University of Arkansas. We thought Arkansas had a long way to go after Brett Bielema left the cupboard somewhat bare. Chad Morris comes over from SEC, uh, from SMU, excuse me, and takes over the program and has a good chance to rebuild it. But we've spoken to it, uh, to that subject on this program before. We thought it would take time for Morris to build a program, and it's going to take just that, as they are one and two. They defeated uh, Eastern Illinois, but they were beaten by Colorado State, and then they were hammered by North Texas, 44 to 17, last week in Fayetteville. And they have to play at Auburn this Saturday. That does not bode well for the Arkansas Razorbacks, and we'll talk about that game in a minute. Speaking of Auburn, Auburn starts the year off against Washington. They defeat another top-10 team, a team that was ranked ahead of them at number six. And then they destroy Alabama State, as they should have. But they were upset in Jordan-Hare Stadium last week in spite of being a 10.5-point favorite and in spite of blowing an 11-point lead in the second half. LSU got out to a 10 to nothing lead over the favored Tigers. Auburn scored 21 unanswered points, and then LSU got 12 unanswered points at the end on a field goal. They got their final three on the last play of the game. A lot of penalties in that game. LSU had nine and Auburn had nine. Auburn came at, critical t at a critical time, and uh, many people have been Highly critical of the officials for that game. I was one of them, but after thinking on it, watching a little bit of the highlights, allowing that to settle in and trying to say, well, and look at it objectively, maybe there were some things that did not go Auburn's way, but Auburn should not have been in a position to lose to LSU at the end of that ball game. Jarrett Stidham threw two interceptions. The defense, even though LSU played a max protection defense with seven and sometimes eight people protecting the pastor, pastor, pastor Joe Burrow, Auburn could not get to him. That vaunted front four couldn't penetrate the protection. And Joe Burrow, even though he had a poor percentage on the day, was able to connect with the passes 
that counted, including a 71-yarder late in the fourth quarter. And LSU did come out on top, so congratulations to the Bayou Bengals. And we'll see if the Auburn Tigers can get off of the mat and run the table or do close to that. It's going to be tough now with games at Mississippi State. They host Texas A&M. Ole Miss figures not to be easy, but they close two of the last three games with Georgia and Alabama. That will be extremely difficult for Auburn to do. Now, let's go on down to the University of Florida. I think Florida has been a bit of a disappointment. They defeated Charleston Southern, as they should, in the first game of the season. But then they get upset by the University of Kentucky in Gainesville, and they did beat Colorado State last week, as we expected. But Colorado State, under Coach Mike Bobo, Bobo has been utterly miserable this season. And Florida, under Dan Mullen, I don't think he has his players in there, the guys he needs to run that spread, and the defense that he needs even. And it's going to take a little more time in Gainesville than we might have thought with Dan Mullen and his Gators. University of Georgia, as we go on down the line, they've been about what we have expected, crushing Austin P. Middle Tennessee, and a bit surprisingly, the University of South Carolina in Columbia by the score of 41 to 17. So the Bulldogs looking very strong, and I can't imagine anybody but them winning the East and winning it going away. There does not appear to be a challenge. I mentioned Kentucky earlier. Kentucky could be a bit of a dark horse, but I don't see them beating Georgia and having a better record in the conference than the University of Georgia Bulldogs, even though that game that will be played in Lexington later in early November should be a good one. LSU, the LSU Tigers, maybe stronger than we thought. I still have a wait-and-see attitude on that one. They defeated Miami in the first game of the season in Arlington, Texas, and Jerry World. Impressive, impressive in that game. And uh, they beat Auburn. It was impressive to be able to go into Auburn in, op in oppressive heat and do that. And, of course, they beat South Eastern Louisiana in the second game of the season. We'll see what they have. I don't think they have enough to run the gauntlet and win the West. I don't think so at all. Uh, the major question, I think, for them remains who will win third, fourth, or fifth place in the conference in the SEC West. Where will LSU and also Texas A&M and Mississippi State fall? At this point, for me, it's, it remains Mississippi State, possibly Texas A&M, possibly LSU, but the season will play out, and at the end, we'll have a final answer to that, but LSU has a strong football team, and we congratulate them again on their 3-0 record up to this point. We mentioned Ole Miss. We'll talk just briefly about Mississippi State, them being a dark horse. They certainly could vie very strongly for second place. Mississippi State and Auburn on October 6th in Starkville is going to be a big one and will go a long way, maybe all the way, of deciding who is going to be runner-up to the University of Alabama in 2018 in the Southeastern Conference. Once again, Texas A&M and LSU will have something to say about that, but we are going to find out, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun for us as the season winds down. The Missouri Tigers, I don't know if they've necessarily been a surprise, but they are 3-0 with victories over UT Martin, Wyoming, and Purdue. And now, the big test. The Georgia Bulldogs come to Columbia that uh, this week, this Saturday, and we'll talk a bit more about that in a moment when we make our predictions. It could be a battle. I expect it to for at least a while, but we'll see. 
Missouri has been rather impressive, though. But the water does meet the wheel this week, this Saturday, in Columbia. And we're looking forward to that big game. The Tigers have, again, as we mentioned earlier in the season on the podcast, a great offense. It remains to be seen about the defense, and that's going to tell the tale to a great degree for the Tigers of Missouri. The University of South Carolina, I don't know if you could call them a disappointment at this point. They did get shelled by Georgia. They defeated Coastal Carolina and Marshall as they should. But this week, they go to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. This is played very strongly up to this point. The Commodores have played good defense, good offense, and gave the University or the Notre Dame, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, all it could stand in a five-point defeat at the hands of the Irish in South Bend last Saturday afternoon. So that's going to be fun watching Vanderbilt host the South Carolina Gamecocks, and as the season progresses into this fourth game of the season, the third of the waypoint, we'll learn a lot more about these two teams and others in the SEC. Now, Tennessee and Florida play this weekend. That's going to be interesting. Neither team impressive. Tennessee being defeated soundly by West Virginia in Charlotte at a neutral site, first game of the season, and then they easily defeated East Tennessee State and the University of Texas at El Paso. Florida and Tennessee playing their traditional rivalry game this Saturday in Knoxville. Another interesting game, but it's not going to be for the marbles like it used to, and I don't know if it'll even be for second. Who wants second in that division? We'll find out a little bit more about that in this game. Now, Texas A&M. You remember a couple of weeks ago, they gave Clemson all they could handle in College Station coming out on the short end of a 28-26 ball game. They defeated Northwestern State, as they should have, opening week, the Texas A&M Aggies did, and they defeated the University of Louisiana Monroe, the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks in College Station last Saturday. But this is probably the biggest game, along with Georgia coming to Missouri, Texas A&M goes to Tuscaloosa to play the University of Alabama, the juggernaut that we've been talking about. They play in Tuscaloosa this Saturday on the feature game on CBS at 3.30. We're going to find out a lot about these two teams. People, uh, their, their identities begin to reveal themselves, and that should be a lot of fun watching Alabama and Texas A&M on Saturday afternoon. And as we round out the conference, we did mention Vanderbilt and Notre Dame, and we're going to do our predictions now. So let's go ahead and start with that game. The Commodores hosting South Carolina. As we look at it, I think Vanderbilt does have a very good chance to win this football game in Nashville if they can continue to play good defense and find the spark under on offense under quarterback Kyle Shermer. And they are running the ball better than we thought they might at this point. In the absence of Ralph Webb, I think that they will give South Carolina all that they can handle. But ultimately, I think South Carolina just has a few more horses than Vanderbilt. And they'll come out on top of the Commodores in a very close game, in a very close game on this Saturday. It would not surprise me if it went either way. But I do expect South Carolina to come out on top in the end. Let's jump back to the top of the conference and do this thing alphabetically now. We'll take that Alabama-Texas A&M game, possibly the biggest game in the conference. Certainly it gets the marquee spot on television Saturday afternoon, A&M coming in. I expect them to fight much as they did against Clemson. I think the Aggies will do do that. I think they'll give Alabama a good game for a quarter, a half, maybe three quarters, do you think? 
But in the end, the University of Alabama just has too much firepower. Offense, defense, special teams. Tua has been everything and possibly more than Crimson Tide fans have expected. The running game, obviously strong. A&M and Kellen Mond making a lot of noise. But ultimately, the University of Alabama should win this ball game, but not by the 27 points uh, that they are favored by at this time. I think A&M has a good chance to cover. But Alabama, I would say, in double digits at a minimum. Arkansas at Auburn. Let's go ahead and say it. Uh, Auburn's going to be mad. They're going to have their ears pinned back. They're embarrassed. They want to win. Chad Morris and Gus Malzahn, good friends, coming up through the same coaching tree. But I'll tell you what, Auburn's going to play much better. Arkansas does not have the defense that can stop Auburn. They do not have the offense that can score enough points on Auburn. Auburn should play a much better full uh, football game this Saturday. I think everyone expects them to do that. I certainly do. And I think Auburn scores a lot of points. I think they can pretty much name their score just as they did two weeks ago. And I think Auburn beats Arkansas. I think they cover. And I think they do it in very impressive fashion. fashion. Now, Florida and Tennessee, we mentioned that game. The game in Knoxville, these two teams, pretty evenly matched. Uh, even though Tennessee has the home field advantage, I do think that the Florida Gators under Dan Mullen have a little bit more firepower, and I think they are going to defeat Tennessee in Knoxville. It might be close for a while, but I do think the Gators win going away in Knoxville over the Vols. Georgia and Missouri, that game in Columbia, Columbia, Missouri. The Bulldogs are for real, as everybody believes, and it appears certain to be so, barring something major, something catastrophic we could not possibly predict. Georgia goes into Missouri and wins. Now, Missouri, once again, can light up the scoreboard, but so can Georgia. Georgia's got a better defense. They are loaded with four- and five-star talent. they got a great coach in Kirby Smart. They're on a roll. They're building the program, and it may be close into the second half, but I do expect Georgia to win going away at Missouri. Kentucky and Mississippi State in Lexington. This, I think, is going to be a barn burner, and I don't think that Mississippi State is going to win this game by the nine points that they are predicted to. I think Kentucky covers but cannot quite pull off the upset against Mississippi State. They have a fierce defense, a front four, a front seven. That is very solid, one of the top in the conference, the Bulldogs, and they will be able to stifle Kentucky to a point and get enough points from Nick Fitzgerald and company to beat the Wildcats in Lexington. LSU and Louisiana taking Baton Rouge, the first of two games uh, consecutively in Red Stick for LSU. Uh, no contest. La Tech from Ruston comes in and is whipped by LSU on a roll. The big uh, problem for LSU this week is having an emotional letdown after pouring every ounce of heart and soul that they could into the game against Auburn last weekend. So they may be a little flat coming out, but uh, they should not lose the ball game to Louisiana Tech. Ole Miss and Kent State in Oxford. Ole Miss will win. I believe that strongly. Kent State has drawn a lot of uh, SEC competition lately, and we got the SEC schedules for 2019 this year, and it looks like Auburn has picked up Kent State in about the third game of the season. So uh, they are just uh, – they're getting good paychecks, but they're not going to win any of these football games. Ole Miss is going to score points and score them in droves 
and run the score up on Kent State, in my humble opinion. And, ladies and gentlemen, that's all for predictions. We've predicted every team in the conference. We have a lot more conference games, interconference games, people playing each other as the schedule progresses, and it's getting more exciting to buy the week to see what happens. And once again, we're going to see a lot of interesting things this week, but things are going to play out pretty close to normal. I don't see any major upsets. The Kentucky-Mississippi State game, if it did come to pass, would be a mild upset, uh, would be a decent one, would, might be a bit of an eye-opener, but that's about the only one. I don't see any other team like Missouri pulling off the monster upset or A&M. There are possibilities, but not strong possibilities at all. And ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up. For the SEC yesterday and today, episode 17 this week, once again, I am your host, Bird LaCroix. And you can find our podcast on uh, most of the different ways that you could find them throughout the Internet. You can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Pocket Cast. And also, we will be on iTunes very shortly. So be, to stay, uh, be sure to stay tuned. You can find me at Autull, A-U-T-U-L-L, or on email at birdlacroix at yahoo.com, and of course, at SportsHacks. Our podcast is under the umbrella of sportshacks.com, and I do write the column occasionally on SportsHacks. Once again, thank you for listening, and be sure to be safe out there, and love your neighbor.